Welcome to Classic 4x4, the podcast for and by classic four-wheel drive enthusiasts. I'm your host, Chris Piccone, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at classic4x4 underscore trucks. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast listening platform and check out our website at classic4x4.com and make sure to reach out to us. We can help you sell your classic, custom, and modified truck or 4x4. I have a stupid sense of humor. I really do. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is stupid. What a stupid name. I'm going to start a bump site page called Bumpin' Uglies. How dumb is that, you know? And it just took off. And pretty soon it had a bunch of followers. Hello, Classic 4x4 listeners, and welcome to another episode of Season 3, where we are focusing on listener requests. So today's guest was, again, another requested guest by a listener. Our topic today is something pretty fun that I have a lot of interest in, which is Bumpside Fords. Today joining us, we have Chris Swenson, who is a Bumpside Ford aficionado, enthusiast, and collector. Uh, What's going on, Chris? How you doing, man? Good. How about yourself? I am well. So for all of you out there that, that may not know Chris by his exact name, if you're into Fords, you are familiar with him on social media because he is basically the preeminent bump side Ford social media influencer. And you can follow him on Instagram and the other social channels at Bumpin' Uglies, which is, by the way, an amazing social media handle. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. My wife thinks it's amazing too. <laughs> people ask me for, people are like, you should make t-shirts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd, be, I'd love to send my kids to school in a bump on an ugly shirt. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Work out. Yeah, it, it's just something that came to be. Cool. I appreciate you joining us today. And obviously, I have to give credit where credit's due to the listener that requested Chris to come on today and talk about Bumpside Fords. And that is a very loyal listener and a listener that is a big supporter of the show. And his name is Maverick Cornett. Maverick is, again, like I said, a big supporter of the show. Many of you may know him out there in the social media world as OBS Maverick or Mavs Fab Shop. He's a huge Ford truck enthusiast and collector also. So if you don't follow him, check him out on all the social channels at OBS Maverick or and Mavs uh, Fab Shop. And Mav, thank you very much for requesting Chris oh, and this, this, particular, this particular topic. Chris, let's get started. And before we talk about bump sides and, and Ford trucks in general, tell us a little bit about yourself. As a little kid, Like, how did you end up getting this passion for Ford trucks and specifically bump sides. I don't know. Like I, I, I would love to have this awesome fairy tale story, but my, my dad's always been into old vehicles. I've been into old vehicles. They've almost always primarily been Fords growing up. My dad had model T's and model A's and, and early BA cars, which is flathead era stuff. And I followed those footsteps and still to this day have a lot of that stuff and love those cars. Ford pickups, I've always liked pickups. Everyone likes pickups. Like I have this theory on why people gravitate towards pickups so bad. But I those pickups were escapes to me because I could not afford the 32 Fords, 34 Fords, hot rods, whatever. I, I have had them here and there. In my, I have a I have a few today, but in my younger years, I would always have one I was working on or something. But you could go buy a Ford pickup back then for very little money and have just as much fun fixing it up. You can go to a junkyard and buy parts for it. Whereas the early BA cars that you, you can't do that. 
So to me, it was just like, it was just a cheap thrill. And I've always had Ford pickups and it amazes me what they become today is in, in, as far as popularity. And I'll tell you, those were the days where Ford pickups were a cheap thrill and they were obtainable. It doesn't matter what gen you're talking about. Ford yeah. pickups have not become, they've become very popular, but less and less attainable to the vast exactly. majority of us. So yeah. you mentioned something pretty cool, which is your theory on why people like pickups. What is your theory on why people like pickups? So I, back to my early Fords, I can drive, I have a 34 Ford, which is to me like a badass car. And I can drive that into town. I live out of town but I can drive it into town and people won't even, they won't even look at it because they can't identify it. They don't even know what it is. They don't care. It's just an old car where I could drive one of my beater trucks into town and I get people honking and waving and giving me the thumbs up and ladies at the gas station talking to me and stuff. And, and my theory is it's because everyone had a truck or their dad had a truck or their grandpa had a truck or their best friend's dad's uncle had a truck or whatever and so no matter what truck you're driving, they see an old pickup and it brings back this memory, whatever memory that is. Yeah, oh yeah, my grandpa had a truck just like that. And so people like pickups because there's an old pickup in probably everyone's life or very close to it. The older stuff, it's just getting so old where people can't relate to that stuff. And like I said, that's just, that's a theory of mine. It's, I'm not saying that's truth or anything, but I've just always felt that everyone can relate to a guy in an old truck. And I will tell you, I can solidify the theory myself and where I love pickups is, and especially why I love bullnose pickups. So out of all the Ford series, I'm like, I love bullnoses, right? Yep. I always look for bullnoses. They've become rather unattainable recently. Right. Had a nice run. Yeah. Oh, even the brick noses are doing big numbers. But my dad had an uncle growing up who was a landscaper. His landscaping truck was a F-150 Two-wheel drive, manual transmission, bullnose. And yeah. I just always remember going to his house and seeing that bullnose pickup truck in his driveway. And he kept it in great condition, even though it pulled the trailer all day long, always had yeah. lawn equipment in the back. And I got to tell you, it just it had an impression. So your theory does definitely hold true <laughs> with, with a lot of us. A question I ask every single guest in the podcast, which is always fun, was what was your first car or truck when the, you know you got your driver's license, you drove it back to high school? What was that? Oh, uh, there's two answers there. My first the first car I ever bought was a, I don't even remember the year. It was a 75, probably F100, two-wheel drive, long bed. No, it was wrecked. A guy my dad worked with wrecked it, and he sold it to me for 50 bucks. I did not have it long, though. I never drove it. I was like 13 years old. My dad's a machinist, and we went over to a guy named Jim Speaks, who was this old Ford guy. And my dad was bidding a job to do some machine work for him. And in Jim's backyard was a 56 F100 short or no, it was a long bed custom cab. And I felt I, I like fell in love with that truck. I went over, I was sitting in it. I was looking at it. It had been sitting there for decades. And my dad was like, do you like that truck? And I'm like, yeah, this is like the coolest truck I've ever seen. And so he ended up trading whatever job he was doing for that truck. And I had to buy it, earn it from him more or less. And so I tell people that was my first car. In reality, it was that 75 or whatever, but I only had it like a, a few weeks or whatever. And, and we sold it, bought this 56 and I had that all through high school and stuff. I never drove it in high school. In fact, I never drove it at all. We tore it all apart. 
And it was one of those projects that got sidetracked because I bought other stuff and you get your license. And I got into mid 60s Ford cars all through high school. That was my thing. And the I had pickups that ran and drove and stuff and the 56 just sat there. So that that is the long answer to your short question. So the, what you're telling me is the bump side guy didn't have a bump side as his first truck. He started no. out with a dent side and then went to a fat fender. Yep. Yep. Chris, you, you mentioned something interesting earlier and we've been referencing it. And that is the nicknames that all the generations of Ford trucks have. So I figure for all of our listeners, not every listener out there is a Ford truck enthusiast like yourself. So I think it'd be pretty cool to walk through all the generations from Gen 1 to, to Gen 9 and okay. just talk about their, their neat little, I guess, pet names or nicknames that they have. I right. guess we'll, we'll start off with the, the first F-Series, right? Which was 48 to 52, which was Gen 1, yep. which was oddly called the, I don't know why the nickname, and I know this is a little controversial. You may have a different opinion, but do you call those the bonus builts? No, but I know that term, and I instantly think of those trucks when I hear it. Gotcha. Is there a nickname that you use for the Gen 1s, the 48s to 52s? I, I call them F1s, and that doesn't really count if it's like an F2 or an F6 or something, but I just call them F1s because that's what they were called. So I call everything usually by, usually it's by its year. All of my trucks I have and stuff, it's always either the color or the year. <laughs> that's how I identify them. That's pretty cool, man. So let's move on to second gen then, which is 50, 1953 to 56, which this is a unique one. We just talked about these and I mentioned fat fenders, but some enthusiasts call them effies. So yep. w- what do you call them? Fat fender, effies? I, I usually use effy. Okay, gotcha. Fat fender, okay, so back in my, back to the early Ford stuff, fat fender is also a term for like 41 to 48 Ford cars as well. People call those fat fendered Fords. Just a little knickknack for your brain there. But yeah, I call the mid 50s ones Effies. Gotcha. So moving on to Gen 3s, which is a very short generation, it was only 1957 to 1960. And a lot of people forget about this generation, but it actually has my favorite name. And I'm interested, what do you call that, the third gens? Fridge truck. Yeah, man. I call them fridge trucks too. I think that is honestly the coolest nickname for that short third gen from 57 to to 60. I have probably owned more of those trucks. I am a bump side guy, but my heart is probably with fridge trucks more than anything. I have a bunch of them. I have had those my whole adult life. I absolutely love those trucks. And it's, it's funny that you're right. They are almost a forgotten Ford pickup. They're probably Ford's least desirable pickups, but I love those things. And in the market, and there's still value for the fridges. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to fourth gen, which is 1961 to 66, which, again, you get a little controversy here. Some people call them slicks. Some people call them slick 60s. What do you refer to them as? I call them a slick. I've heard slick side. I've heard slick. I just call them a slick. That's, That's it. Yeah, me too. I just call them the slicks. And then there's no controversy on what the fifth gen is, yeah. right? From 1967 to 72, I have the aficionado, the aficionado here. 
there's no controversy. What do you call those? <laughs> Bumpside, obviously. <laughs> of course. There's no other nickname, right? I've there, never there. heard any others. And it's funny even when like people like, and I've talked to people that I'm not saying they're a Ford pickup person at all, but like you, you, you use that term and they look at you like, what did you just call that? They have no idea what you're talking about. And it's almost funny anymore because everyone calls them that name. So... I think when, as you get into the later generations, there is less and less debate. Even when you should go into the sixth gen, like 1973 yeah. to 1979, it's a dent side. I've never heard anybody else call it anything. Is there anything else you've, have you heard anybody else call them anything else? Mm, no. Just a dent side. Just a dent side. And then when, once we get into the 80s, which 1980 to 1986 is my absolute favorite Ford F-Series truck generation, which is the seventh gen, the bullnose, man. I, yeah. I, I am bullnose, inside out, upside down. Is there, Have you ever heard any other nicknames? No, I haven't. That, and that is the one generation I've never owned one of those. I grew up in wow. one. My dad had a very nice... I could I 85 or 6 F250 super cab long bed. It was two tone, it was a four wheel drive. And as a kid I grew that, I, that that was my truck until he bought a new 95 Power Stroke that replaced it. From when I was a little kid up until the mid 90s that's that was our family truck. That is a super cool to grow up riding around in a bullnose and then go straight into an OBS. Bullnose super cab <laughs> into an OBS. Crew cab, power stroke. That was a badass truck. With the, what is it, the 7.3? Yeah. Yeah. 7.3, automatic. It was my dad's dream to own that truck, and he bought it. And, man, it was, that'd be like buying a brand new King Ranch or a Platinum or something, like right now. It was a just an XLT, but that's what they had. And it was a two-tone. It was a, it was a very neat truck. That's cool. And I will say that I think a lot of people's dream is to have an OBS with the 7.3. Yeah, yeah, they are. That is another truck. Very, I've owned a few of them. They are absolutely awesome pickups. And they're another truck that amazes me that it wasn't that long ago when they were, I don't want to say they're worthless, but they were just old trucks. And now they're very collectible and the market for them is insane. And I've always loved that body style. They're such a good looking truck. So we talked about bull noses and then we just went on a tangent with OBSs, but we skipped a generation right yeah, there. Yeah, we did. We did. Which was from 87 to 91, which is an interesting one, but it's the brick noses. Yeah, it's a brick nose. That's what we call them. Yep. Yep. I've never heard them called anything else. And like the fridges for a period of time, the brick noses were like a forgotten generation. Yeah. But recently I've noticed in the market, Brick noses are doing like bull nose numbers. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because, and I am not a professional on that generation, pretty much anything post bump side, I'm not a pro on, but I feel like OBS trucks took off so fast and hard and they have such a following and brick noses are very similar. And that's, that's only my opinion, but running gear wise, even body wise, they're very similar other than the nose and the dash and stuff. And I feel that guys are like, man, so OBS trucks so much money and I can buy this brick nose, which is very similar for a fraction of that. And it's still a really badass truck and sooner and, and they're also getting to the age where they're collectible, whether people like them or not, they're hitting an age where they're collectible and people collect them and they find really nice trucks. And there's no denying that no matter what it is, if it's a really nice older pickup, there's someone out there that is going to love to own it. 
And you actually bring up a good point. All boats rise with the tides. When you have bumps and dents and bull noses and OBSs yeah. rising, obviously they're going to bring the bull, the the brick noses up with them. Took a little bit, took a little while, but it happened. Yeah, and I I also feel that nearly every old pickup bump site is is a is, at least to me is a huge player in this that. For a long time, they were just old trucks. They were absolutely old trucks, and you only bought one if you needed a truck to do work with or whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's, man, when did these things become collectible? And people are fixing them up, and parts are getting hard to find, and and these trucks are bringing decent money at, when they sell and stuff. And it's funny to, to see that transition. And every truck does that, where for a long period of life, it's just an old used truck no matter how nice or how clapped out it is it's just an old truck but then they all hit that point where they're old enough where they become collectible yep everything runs in cycles and hey, at one point nobody wanted obs's and now everybody wants them. yeah crew cab obs's right now are, are doing like psychotic numbers people just can't get enough of them yeah. i understand why because they're dope <laughs> yeah that, they're very that the last obs i had was a Crew cab, long bed, F-350, power stroke. And I loved it, but I didn't drive it enough to justify owning it compared to what I could sell it for. Like they were, they're getting stupid. So that was a few years ago too. That today it it breaks my heart to know what that truck would be worth today. But what amazes me with, with, especially the OBSs, and we didn't talk about, I actually, that's the last generation to talk about, which is the ninth generation, which was 1992 to 1996, which was the OBS Fords, not to be confused with other OBSs, which were the GM OBSs, which shared similar model years, but the original OG OBS is the Fords. And I look at those things out in the market all the time. And I have to say, one of the most unique things is a 7.3 Super Crew OBS, right, that has like under 200,000 miles is considered low mileage. Yeah, I know. I know. I even see them as like 300,000 miles, low miles for each year, which is technically correct. Although I don't view 300,000 miles on anything as being low miles. It's that. And those are actually, I do have, I have several bucket list trucks, but for I think just two or maybe three years, they build an F two fifty crew cab short box, and I'm a, and I'm a short box kind of a guy. And I would love a, I think it was like ninety six and seven, or maybe ninety five six seven F two fifty crew cab short box power stroke five speed would be the ultimate. But that is a truck I've never owned and always wanted one, but they're getting priced to where it's eh, probably never owned one of those things, but. It's fun to dream. Of course. So post 96 to today, no, there aren't really any, I, some people call them classics, but they call them, there's no real fun nickname. It's just their model codes, their P model codes that Ford had. So yeah. there's nothing really more to talk about when it comes to nicknames outside past the ninth generation, but it's always fun to to talk about those nicknames. But let's switch gears a little bit and, and talk about bump sides, right? So why, at what point in your life were you like, hey, I love these things. I am going to do a deep dive into them. And then at some point, I'm going to create a a very witty social media account dedicated to them that is going that eventually ended up becoming basically the account, the social media account out there or influencer account out there that has the most followers dedicated to bump sites. I can answer all of those questions. So back to fridge trucks. I love 
57 to 60 pickups, especially 59 and 60 four-wheel drives. 1959 was the first year Ford started doing an in-house four-wheel drive. And I've had those trucks forever. And I built over the summer, I built a a really, and, and I also have to say my favorite trucks of all time are original trucks, original paint trucks, unrestored trucks. That is bar none, my favorite kind of truck, just personal preference. So I spent the summer building this 59 Ford half ton four wheel drive, and I absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorite colors. I bought a really rough 59 four wheel drive running driving truck that the body was shot. And then I had a really nice two wheel drive body and I put them together. I spent a whole summer and put them together, just something to do. It was fun. And I got it done. And on my Instagram account, I was posting pictures of it. And a gentleman by the name of Jim reached out to me and he kept bugging me wanting to buy this truck. And I'm like, it's not for sale. It's not for sale. And I'd never talked to this guy before. And, and he kept hounding me on it. And finally he threw out a number that really got my attention. And this was a while ago. This was before trucks are what they are today. Nowadays, it's like a beating frenzy. Trucks come up for sale. People are wanting to buy them. They ship them all over, whatever. This was back when it's like in my eyes, yeah, it was a neat old truck, but it was just a neat old truck. So I caved and I sold it and it left me without a truck. And it was fall. And I love driving old pickups in the fall and in the snow where I live that we get a lot of snow. And I was like, man, I got to buy a truck. I got to buy a truck. What am I going to get? I'm going to buy a bump side. Like I've had bump sides. They were just old trucks. They were becoming classic. And I was like, yeah, those are badass trucks. I'm going to buy a bump side. So what do you do? I hop on eBay, instantly find a truck. It's a 69 F250 four wheel drive where it's original paint was Royal Maroon, had a big winch bumper on it. Big Warren bumper had 916s on it, which I put on like everything. And I was like, that's it. That's the truck I want. And it was in Oregon, which is fairly close to me. So I bid on it and I win it and I was all happy and, and I thought I paid too much for it. I paid $6,300 for that truck on eBay. This was like five years ago. And yeah. And I remember telling my dad, yeah, I'd bid five grand on it thinking like that was a ton of money. And so I get this truck and I get it home and my dad had a bump side project he was doing. And my brother had one as well that I sold him a 67 F-250 four wheel drive. And I was like, yeah, bump sides, that's really cool. And then in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, I should start a page for bump side pickups because I looked and there really, there really wasn't any. There's people that are into bump sides and they post like their personal projects and stuff, but there wasn't just a page, at least that I found that was dedicated to that generation of pickup. And I, I, I created that name, which I'm shocked it was even available, but just something stupid. Like I have a stupid sense of humor. I really do. And it's, oh yeah, this is stupid. What a stupid name. I'm going to start a bump side page called Bumpin' Uglies. Like how dumb is that? And it just took off. And pretty soon, like it, it had a bunch of followers and, and they're all legit. Like people, I get messages every day on that account. People either saying how much they like what I post or can you post my truck? Or a, a lot of it is I'm looking, I, I want a bump side pickup. How do you find so many bump side pickups? I really want one. That's probably the question I get asked the most is, can you help me find one or where should I look for one? Or, And there really is no good answer to that. I find them like everyone else, like usually on Marketplace or Craigslist or driving around out in the woods or whatever. But um, it, it, it truly amazes me how popular those trucks have become and how genuine and how many good people I've met through those trucks. And some that just started out as like 
a joke. You know? so, <laughs> but that's super cool, though. That's fun. And and I agree with you. The, the truck community is it's the biggest, smallest community out there. And how it many is, friends yeah. that I've made across the country, but also locally just through being in, in the classic truck and four by four space Absolutely. And, yep. and just having a, a common interest with other people. You just, you just dropped some knowledge, which I did not know, which is 1959 was the first year that Ford did a factory four by four. Yep. Yep. So prior to that, we've talked about this on the podcast before that there were upfitters and conversion companies out there. Coleman was a big one, but yep. Armin Harrington, Napco. Yep. And Napco was really big with Ford, right? The Marvin Harrington was more Ford. Napco was more GM. However, both would do either either trucks. I think a Napco Ford would have been like a big truck. They did like bigger truck conversions. And Marvin Harrington was kind of, all of them did whatever. But Napco was, I think they started out where you could actually order a GM or Chevrolet pickup with a Napco conversion. So you could, you, it was not a factory built truck, but I believe you could order it with that conversion done. And I, I am not a GM knowledge person at all, but I love all old four wheel drives. I truly do love all, all older four wheel drive trucks and Jeeps and whatever. I just stick with Ford, but there's no hate on some of those early Napcos and stuff are absolutely awesome. And I think GM was one of the first that you could order a truck with that conversion so that when it came to the dealer, it was already done. I'm not 100% on that, but I've read or heard that somewhere. Yeah, it's, that's pretty neat. I've had, we did an entire episode on the, on the history of, of four by fours. And, and that was something I didn't know when we talked about in that episode. It was actually last season with one of the people from ATCA. And that was, he actually went through the entire history of the conversions, all the companies and the first that you should listen to it. It was last season. I, yeah, I will listen to that. I, I have not heard that one. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty cool one. Very informative, but I, I had no idea one thing we didn't talk about is I did not know that 1959 was the first year again with the fridge trucks that you could get a factory four by four from Ford. That's uh that's pretty neat. Only F 100 and F 250, which Ford obviously did up through, I think 79, you could get an F 350 four wheel drive. That was the first year for that. So again, if it was a big truck in any generation up into the eighties or nineties, possibly it still would have been a conversion truck. Wow, that's that's interesting. So while we're talking about these little quirks and idiosyncrasies, <laughs> like every generation of truck in general, especially the Ford trucks, I'd say out of any make out there, the, the Ford trucks have their quirks. So what are the bump side quirks? Mechanically, cosmetically, what are they? I think this will wrap into probably any generation, but rust is always an issue, especially on a four-wheel drive. And there's areas that you look at that you scratch your head on, like, why would they engineer it this way? This is a pocket that's just going to rust out. And other than that, I'm trying to rack my brain and see Ford. This is probably the biggest one, but it's also one of the reasons I like those trucks so much. And this only applies to four-wheel drives, but Ford's four-wheel drive, F-250 four-wheel drives, you could get just manual steering or a really crappy power assist steering and drum brakes, and a little Dana 44, and a Spicer 24 transfer case, 
again, bomb site only. I know Densite, they upgraded them and stuff where you look at a GM product and you could get full power steering, disc brakes, you get all these lug- automatics, all this luxury items. And I'm not here to debate which is the better truck because, because that's not why we're here. But why did it take Ford so long to make a truck that, that kept up with its competition? On the flip side to that, I think bump side trucks are so badass and, and they are like true four wheel drives. The way they are designed, it's, this is designed to go where you can't get another truck and blah, blah, blah. And you're only going to buy one if you truly need a four wheel drive. And I love those trucks because they drive like a, like an implement, but there are a lot of people that wish that there were easier upgrades instead of just sliding another axle under it's man, I wish I could put disc brakes on this or why is it so hard to put power steering on this and stuff. And so I feel that as much as I like them the way they are, that's probably a downfall of those trucks is just, it took Ford so long to update them to be a little more modern, but Aside from that, I don't know, the seams on the bedsides, that's, they rust there. That was, I always, man, why did Ford do that? It's always little stuff like that. And every truck I've owned has an idiosyncrasy of some sort. They all do. And so you you just, you learn to live with them and love them no matter what. And they just are what they are. Yep. That's, that's pretty cool. So let's talk about your personal collection. So I know you, you talked a little bit about some of the stuff that you do have, and I guess let's start off with the bump sides. What bump sides do you have in your own personal collection at the moment? Currently I have a 1969 F-250 four-wheel drive. If, if you follow my Instagram page, you probably know it. It's orange. It's Cordova orange. That truck has a, a, a unique story to it that when I bought it, it was just a farm truck. And it was a flatbed. It had an aftermarket flatbed on it. And Cordova Orange is a one-year-only color. They only had it in 1969. And if you're not super up onto bump sides, um, the beds on a bump side, you could you, the beds all interchange no matter what they're off of. But a four-wheel drive never had a toolbox on the side, which some of them, some Ford pickups do. And the camper special would have an auxiliary fuel tank, which meant there's a filler sticking out of the side of the box and stuff. So I bought this truck. I love this truck and I wanted to look for a bed for it. The truck is original paint. It is unrestored and it, it, it shows very well. And that's like a needle in a haystack because I could not have a bed that had a toolbox or an auxiliary tank. And it had to be a 69 bed in that 69 only color. And I actually found one and put it on the truck and even telling people and knowing it, that bed was not on that truck since day one, like it, it is, it matches absolutely perfect. And that is one of my favorite trucks is that 69. So you, let's get this straight. So you found, you had a rare one-year-only color and you did a bed swap and found a donor truck that had that rare one-year-old, that rare one-year-only color bed. Yeah. Yeah, I bought the truck in Wyoming, side unseen, only for the bed. The guy bought it from, it was an F100 two-wheel drive. I didn't, it was a single color, not a two-tone, no toolbox, no no gas tank filler in the side, no no dents, no rust. It actually, it could not have been a better donor bed. Anyway, that's, that is one of my favorite trucks I own. I get asked all the time if I'll sell it. The answer is no. It's like, 
it, I, I love that truck. I absolutely love that truck. So all of our listeners know that orange trucks, I have a, I have a little place in my heart for orange trucks. And I daily drive an orange truck. My first classic 4x4 uh, or classic truck was a CJ7 in Omaha Orange 81, which awesome. uh, a lot of our listeners know I mentioned on a previous episode. That was my truck. I said I would never, the, the one vehicle I had in my collection, I said I would never sell. And I actually did sell it recently. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. It was sitting in the corner in, in my warehouse. I wasn't driving it a lot. I was really only using it as my beach truck and fishing. Right. And you know what? I just got to the point where, and this is how I am, I feel guilty if I'm not using I feel the same way. So even though I had it for 12 years, it was like my first love. I said, you know what? It's just time to to part with it, move it on, let somebody else enjoy it. And ironically, just through a bunch of coincidences, a, a guy in my town, I auctioned it off nationally and a guy in my town ended up buying it. And oh, that's I awesome. still, yo, that's actually the best part. And this is what made me okay with selling it was I see him and his family driving around it and all the time. Yeah. And I, I see them with smiles. He has two little girls, smiles on their faces, enjoying it. And that's what makes me not regret selling that. Yeah, I absolutely get it. Outside of that tangent, is this the first orange vehicle or truck you've ever owned? Yeah, I might have. There might have been something else at some point, but it would have been just a parts truck or something. But yeah, this is the first orange vehicle I've ever owned that I've actually cared about. <laughs> so do you notice this phenomenon where it doesn't matter what truck you drive, the second you take that orange truck out on the road, it like... People are drawn to it like flies on yeah. on what? People love that truck. It's Cordova Orange is a burnt pumpkin-y kind of orange. And it, in my eyes, it's a very pretty color. I, and I'm not an orange. Like when I hear orange truck, I think like construction truck or something. But this is like a burnt late 60s, early 70s kind of color. And it's a custom cab. So it has side trim and an aluminum grill. It's a little bit taller than stock with tall, skinny tires. It's just a, it, it, to me, it's just a really good looking older four wheel drive. It's not super loud and screaming, hey, look at me, but you definitely notice it. That's, uh, that's cool. Any other bump sides that you got sitting out? I've got a Lunar Green 67 F 250 crew cab. That's a hopefully a very future project. It's a truck I, I tried to buy for years. It sat out in a field south of me. And it's a pretty good truck, but it's a 67, it's a crew cab, and it's one of my favorite colors, lunar green, which is like turquoise. And that one, I have another 67 crew cab. It's an F-350 long bed dually that I bought very recently. It just popped up for sale and I went and bought it. It's a color called frost turquoise, I believe, or frost blue. I can't even remember, but it's a light bluish color. I've got another Lunar Green 67 F100 two-wheel drive. I just bought last weekend a 71 High Boy F250 four-wheel drive that's been on Marketplace forever. I'm very weak. Like when trucks pop up, like I just, I watch them. I can't help it. A lot of times I'm like, man, I hope someone goes and snags that because I know myself. And this 71 I just bought was that situation. It, It sat on Marketplace for a long time. It was very high priced. And it was getting cheaper and cheaper and it got cheap enough where I was like, man, I better go look at this thing. And now I own it. There's bump sides come and go. I love those trucks. I live in an area, fortunately, 
where they're still around. I, I do know that in other parts of the country, those trucks really don't exist unless they're a, a guy that collected or they're not like like here. You can drive in a 20 mile radius and probably count 20 of them sitting around They're They're still here, still working or just sitting, waiting to be rejuvenated. That's cool. What else you got? What other Ford trucks you got out in your... I have a really genuinely nice 1960 F100 four-wheel drive. It's original paint. It's light blue. Probably the Back to nice, the fridges. Back to the fridges. It. I wanted the nicest all-original fridge four-wheel drive I could find. And I found this truck. It is a very, it's got a grill guard. It's a factory grill guard truck. It's a custom cab. I love that. It it drives like a brand new truck. I love it. And I have a 59 crew cab that I just converted to four wheel drive fridge trucks. When Ford built a fridge truck, four wheel drive, they essentially just took a two wheel drive and just, just like a conversion company would do. They just bolted the four wheel drive stuff under them. They're not like a bump side or a newer truck where the frames are totally different and everything's different. You need a whole other frame. That's not the case at all. So this is a 59 F-250 crew cab, and I just wrapped up a four-wheel drive conversion on it. I bought a parts truck. It was a 60 F-250 four-wheel drive, and that gave me all the pieces needed to convert it. I have a little 57 short wide box. I've got a, oh, I have another bump side. I forgot a Holly green flatbed. It's just my work truck. It's a F-250 four-wheel drive. I, I love four-wheel drives and two-wheel drive pickups. I, I've had a lot of them and I love them, but I nothing gets the blood flowing like a four-wheel drive to me. So there's a lot of four-wheel drives around. I have a lot of parts trucks. There's just a lot of stuff here, so... That's fun. And you, hey, I guess you're fortunate to live in an area where you have space and there's a place to store all this stuff. I unfortunately don't. I, I got to tell you, if I had my dream is a couple acres and a pole barn where yeah. I could just pack it, pack it tight with anything and everything. Yeah, I have 20 acres and a couple buildings. And I tell you what, if you buy something like that, all you'll do is fill it. <laughs> Because I would happily like of, fill it. <laughs> yeah, I'm already out of space. I'm like, what am I going to do now? But it's all in fun. Yeah, of course. And that's that's what gets the, the blood flowing. So any other trucks that you want to highlight or talk about or projects you got coming up? Like I said, that Lunar Green 67, I want to do that. 67, this is like a big, this is a big debate, but they're supposedly Ford never built a 67 F-250 four-wheel drive crew cab. There are people that say that they did. And again, I'm not here to argue. That's not the point. But I'm going to build that truck as if it was a stock Ford F-250 four-wheel drive. It'll be original paint, lunar green. It's a short box. All crew cab four-wheel drives were short boxes. So that's an upcoming project. And there's always projects. My little 57 short box, I'm right in the middle of an engine swap on it. That 59 crew cab, I just, like I said, I just wrapped up the conversion on it for a four-wheel drive. And there's always something to work on around here, always. Hey, that's the advantage of owning uh, old cars and, and trucks <laughs> in general is, oh, there's always something to it, work there's on. There's always it. something to do, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Even when you get to the point where you're like, okay, everything's right where I need it to be. Hey, let me go take a, a truck out. And you go put the key in it and turn, you're like, Nothing. Oh, yeah. yep. You're like, oh man, there's always something. Like they will always keep you busy. Yes. Yep, indeed. 
That is, uh, that's pretty cool, man. I got to tell you, Chris, I, I can't thank you enough for your time today. The knowledge that you bestowed on all of us. Bump sides are a really cool, uh, you know, Ford trucks in general are an amazing conversation to talk about any generation, but especially the bump side generation. And I'm glad we actually talked to talk about the fridges. I didn't expect that going into it today, but being able to talk about this, the fridges, which are like the unknown, like the most they are. Under- they are the most like unappreciated generation. So if there's one takeaway, I'm really happy we got to talk about bun size, but really happy we got to talk about that fridge generation, which is that short three years. Fridge trucks, they hold a very special place in my heart. And I've always had one. I have not always had a bump side. I've had a lot of bump sides over the years, but those fridge trucks, for whatever reason, they tug at my heartstrings and they're getting very hard to find. Like junk ones, you can still drag those home. But like that that F-100 four-wheel drive I had, I wanted the nicest one I could find. If you want the nicest F-100 four-wheel drive bump side you can find, you can find one. But finding a second year four-wheel drive that wasn't run into the ground is very hard. So I feel very blessed to have that truck. Especially when they only had a three-year model run, which was the shortest model run of pretty much all the F-series. Four technically, but yeah, they were, and it's funny, there's so many parts to a fridge truck that is not like a 56 and not like a 61 and up. Like they're, they are their own unique bird. And there's they have a hydraulic clutch system. Like Ford didn't use a hydraulic clutch on anything until when the 80s or so. I think the 90s, you could get a hydraulic clutch in a pickup. I Again, I'm not a pro on those, but from 57 to 60, they were a hydraulic clutch and they are troublesome. And you can see that Ford did that and then went, went away from it in 61 and was like, yeah, we're not doing that again. So they, had, they definitely have their idiosyncrasies. That's pretty cool, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us in the Classic 4x4 podcast. Absolutely. And for all of our listeners out there, if you don't follow Chris and his, his bumping uglies, and that's <laughs> B-U-M-P-I-N underscore U-G-L-Y-S. His Bumpin' Uglies account, you got to. He has some great content, some great trucks out there. And I got to tell you all, a lot of that stuff, I didn't realize a lot of stuff you post is actually some of your own stuff. So I was looking at in, in researching our, our conversation today. I'm, I'm looking at a lot of those trucks and saying, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, as we're talking about them, I didn't realize they are yours, right? I just assumed that a lot of it was reposts. I try to post stuff that, that, other than my own stuff. Like that's the point that account. I do post a lot of my stuff because it's my account and that's what you do. But if anyone, if any listener out there has a bump side pickup, man, I'd love to see it posted. Send me a picture of it. Like just make sure it's a decent picture. I don't like, I call it posting filler where you post just to post. Like I try not to do that. So get a good picture of your truck and send it to me and I'd be happy to post it up. That page is to celebrate those trucks and the dudes and gals that really like them. That's the best part of trucks to me is the people that own them and the people that you meet along the way. That's awesome. Yeah, you're right. It's all about community. Appreciate your time. All of our listeners out there on all the social channels, make sure you follow Chris and, and Bumpin' Uglies. Hopefully everybody took away a little piece of knowledge today like I did. So Chris, thanks a lot, man. Be well, man. You too. Thank you. 
I always enjoy talking about Ford trucks, but it was great talking to Chris Swenson from Bumpin' Uglies about bump sides. Also, a ton of fun talking about the fridges, which are, I feel like, the lost nickname generation of, of Ford trucks. But if you don't follow Chris on all the social channels, check him out at Bumpin' Uglies. And stay tuned for our next episode. And our hint for our next episode is, the best way I'll put it is this particular guest builds bespoke investment quality Jeeps in the middle of the desert. Stay tuned.